Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Lost in the Groove with your host, Mike and Dave. Today, we'll be talking about life, society, as well as we can make things better, start a new day for a better tomorrow. Let's continue with the intro music so we can start today's podcast. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Lost in the Groove, and today we're going to be talking about how life has changed the view of ethnicity. So we thought of doing something a little bit fun this week. We're going to start off with the 1950s. You wanted to take away, Mike? The 1950s, what an amazing period of time. You know, one significant change in ethnicity was when CBS Network decided to approve a show. Guess what that show was? I can't even think of it. It was starring Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. You know it, people. It is I Love Lucy. A white woman from New York and her husband, a dark-skinned Cuban man. From Havana. Havana, Havana. baby! (laughs) The 50s. The 50s in the U.S. was incredibly racist, period. I think we Mm -hmm. can all I think we can all understand. Yeah. And having a variety show that millions of viewers saw, they saw this idea of a mixed couple was a stepping stone and a new foundation for a new tomorrow. Yeah, definitely not a sugar plantation. But the point is, you start to realize, right, Mike, where. This was the 1950s, and 1950s was an extremely racist period in the U.S., like you mentioned before. So, you know, like, you wonder yourself, how on earth did this show ever get approved? Do you ever wonder that, Mike? It's actually kind of interesting. Even as as I think about it, like CBS approving a show like this, it, it must have had, it must have had, you know, a tremendous amount of support to be able to get it on network television. Um, I mean, Lucille Ball was already, I think, popular at that time. Um, I she don't was know um, if- she was an actress. So <clears throat> this is before we had, you know, rated R or PG thirteen or you know the soap operas, the the different subgenres. Before, you know, we have like like horror is another example of a subgenre, a genre that's not generally shown to the public. It was called uh, B-movies. So during the, the 1930s as well as the 40s, a lot of movies were either <clears throat> like from MGM, you know, or from the Walt Disney Company or something like that, like when The Seven Dwarfs came out. So those were like really very popular and big movies. But Lucille Ball actually started off being in, in B-movies that were shown in you know, in theaters in Harlem or downtown Los Angeles, not really big locations. It was more quiet, you know, not that many people. Yeah, that is really interesting. It's uh, for her to make that leap. I wonder, you know, how she came onto the radar for, uh, for some of these uh, production companies going from, you know, these, B productions to something that went completely viral. I mean, in the sense of what viral is, uh, it's um, from what we understand today, like that was 
really viral and it was in a, in a very yeah. short period of time i think yeah. the the thing was though this is interesting where she went to a bunch of different companies to try to produce the show and they all you know said that it, traditionally if we're going to make a variety show a television show we want there to be a white woman and a white husband and she said no i'm married to desi he has to be my husband on the show and they said no so what did lucy and desi do they made their own production studios which was called desi lu that's where that's where their company came from and they actually created a lot of films that we know of today that are quite popular and wow. what happened was cbs basically sponsored and, you know, basically told them, like, you have a one hit shot. And it's so interesting, even taking this a step further, is where back then, most of the films that were shown on television weren't recorded. They were broadcast through, you know, radio waves. And that was it. The problem was, is they weren't getting the right color and consistency. So Desi thought of a really good idea. Why don't you have three cameras, tape three different sets of film, so we can distribute them to different stations throughout the United States so people can actually see them throughout the United States. Because like I said, radio signals don't travel that far. So they can only broadcast it to a certain amount wherever they are. But if they can tape it, they can have it recording in different stations throughout the United States. So isn't it Brilliant. interesting? Yeah. So like we're talking about how life has changed view to the ethnicity. It's like Desi Arnaz was a Cuban man born in Cuba came here to the U.S. and changed television history for we know it. Wasn't wow. American. He was Cuban. I think that's, that's pretty, yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. I mean, like you said, changed television history. Yeah, period. That's how we watch television today. That's incredible, though, for the time period that, you know, for him to have come up with an idea like that. Um, it's, I'd say, like, that's uh, mostly a lot of the successes of, uh, of everything we've seen up to date, you know, it's uh, the amount of contributions that were made to all types of industry yeah. Um, yeah. came, came from all over the place. It didn't just come from America, you mm -hmm. know, they came from people and those people came from somewhere. Hardworking hard people. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, it's kind of interesting. Why, what is, you know, a variety show from the 50s have anything to do with how life has changed the view of ethnicity? It does have a little bit to do with it, but like this is so far on the past. What's something that we can kind of connect more modern? Okay. So I think a best example of this, if I'm wrong, Mike, you can tell me, is ethnicity does not mean skin color, like if you're black or copper skin tone or white skin tone or whatever. That's not what ethnicity means. Correct? Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Yeah, I think we have the wrong definition of ethnicity. At least that's, you know, in modern time today, it's uh, it's it's used incorrectly, right? But most people understand the difference between race and ethnicity. I think I won't say most, but I I can say personally from what I know, it seems that most people have an, a general grasp and an understanding of the difference between race and ethnicity. I think so. I would like to believe so, but you know, um, 
so, you know, sometimes depending on uh, where we are and what, you know, who we're talking to, uh, that could, that could be, that could be different. The understanding could be different, but sure. Most, most people have a, a firm understanding. One thing I've done a little bit of reading on this. I really haven't touched too much into it, but you know, we, we've noticed, I'm not old enough to know this, this, but maybe some other people can remember this is this, this kind of shift. We've seen this for quite a number of years where there's become this indifference. What I'm, I'm talking specifically with the Latin community, right? Where there are, a lot of white Latins that are born in this country. When I say Latin, I mean generally Central America or South America. And they're, they're Americans, right? But their parents are from Uruguay or Honduras or whatever, whatever country they come from. But they are American. Am I making sense? I understand. I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, so kind of finding... When did this kind of period happen with this kind of shift where we're starting to understand that ethnicity is a little bit more complicated than we thought it was? You know, it, it means a lot of different things. It doesn't just mean one thing. I personally think that this kind of change kind of started in the 90s. I've, you know, I find, it, uh, I find it interesting that it even became, you know, something to, uh, to talk about. Um, you know, we've all come from some place to this great country of ours and um, you know, but for it to even to be considered or to be talked about or uh, a thing uh, is surprising to me sometimes, you know, the, the topic of ethnicity or background or, you know, what your race is um, only in America. Right. Yeah, I know. But the, the, the thing thing always points back to the same thing over and over again and it's not something you can physically see or physically understand it's knowing the differences between people and where they come from humans or more specifically the scientific term homo sapiens is a species of of people that's where we are we're homo sapiens we all come from the same place. We all come from the same people. I mean, you know, there once was a time there wasn't 7 billion people on this planet. Right. But understanding that difference of the people and ethnicity. Ethnicity is just like a person wearing, you know, my dad gave this example uh, when he was alive. He said a person is described by their name tag. The tag that you stick onto your shirt and you write on is how people see you. So if you're a proud Hispanic American and that's what you wear on your name tag, you're proud Hispanic American. You have the ethnicity of being part of this nation. You have the ethnicity of coming from Mexico, from a town of where your family's been for hundreds of years. You have that. And nobody can judge you because that's your name tag. That, that's, that's you. So that's another thing is remem remembering how personal a person's ethnicity is. It's not just that we're people that come from places. It's we are people. 
that are from places. I like switching that's, things. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Like understanding this, you know, uh, we can start to see this change where we can identify the differences more clearly. Right. So continuing with the real change, what do you think, like, what do you think is the true message moving forward towards this? I think you said it best, you know, um, just a few minutes ago, just really understanding the differences that, you know, we are all people. We have different origins. Uh, the, the countries of origins might have different cultures or way different of living. Places, different yeah. pe- places and different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, different people, you know, different way of living. But ultimately, the goals are the same, you know. Right. Yeah, it is. Hel- yeah. Health, wealth, love, happiness, prosperity, family. 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 Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I can say this personally because I, I, I grew up with this. My mom is from Brooklyn, New York. My dad was born in Casablanca, Morocco. I come from a mixed, a mixed family. I come from a mixed background. And it's weird when I talk about it because to me it was normal. Like that was my father and that was my mom. You know, I never really thought about that for any point of growing up. That just was my parents. And it's funny to be seeing people on the other side because there are many people, especially in this country, that didn't grow up with that. They didn't grow up with the type of parents I grew up with. But the thing is, is to understand the other side is important. I understand where they're coming from. It looks weird. It does. Outside, it looks weird. From the inside, they were an amazing couple and they loved each other and they were together for 43 years. And they were my parents. And raise me. So it, you know, it's kind of like the in, inside out, but that's what it is. It's kind of like seeing it inside and outwards. Well, the truth is, we as a society became less ignorant and realized the differences more clearly for many reasons. Right. I mean, one significant change is mixed marriages, just like we saw with Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Yeah. And the different types of people being in relationships, I mean, that's uh, that's become over the decades more and more common and more accepted. We tend to see this wall of separation melt over time because more and more people realize the difference between them and understand that mixed is normal and it's no longer uncommon. But, you know, it took like how long it took four, five, six decades, you know, for this change yeah. to occur yeah. and for the, for acceptance to become a uh, commonplace. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's so weird to think we're, this is pretty much about 60 years in the making and we are no way finished from the path of really having a society it's not perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect, there's no such thing as a utopia society. There's such a thing as a moral and a rational society where more and more people realize the problem and actually want to fix it. That's actually what peace really means. It means people more and more understanding there's a problem and it needs to be fixed. 
And once you have more and more people coming together and fixing it, you end up with this incredible thing where people can understand each other. Yeah. Mind blown. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's a, the, 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 you know, some of the basic principles are, you know, acceptance and tolerance um, and uh, a common goal. There's, uh, if you go back through history, you know, how have really huge obstacles how how have they been overcome they've been overcome when there's multiple parties who seek the same outcome you know a same solution goal. to yeah a solution to a much bigger problem and right you you said it best is you know bringing people together to understand to be more accepting and to you know better understand the problem so we can create solutions yeah uh, that uh, everyone can understand everyone can agree on and work together um, and and work on it together yeah uh, it's interesting that um you know we we had it we we talked about it in the last podcast but uh it's just interesting that we see um as much division as we've been bombarded with through like mainstream media of course and you know it's it's funny because i just don't feel that's an accurate depiction of where we are um, as right. a society, yeah. as a society, you know, just here in the States, it's uh, interesting to look at the rest of the world and um, how they govern themselves and uh, what levels of cohesion they may have. I'd say, you know, and I've said it before is you know, we've made tremendous progress up until now. And you said it too, that we're not finished yet. Uh, there's, there will always be obstacles ahead of us. We, you know, the, the best way to combat them is together with, um, with a decent level of understanding and, and comprehension of what's going on. And the, like the real change uh, is yet to be seen um, for the, I want to say, near distant future. Yeah, but the thing the the thing that we notice the most more, and you're a hundred percent correct, and this is where this is why I kind of feel like where people are kind of getting lost. There's a lot of first generation Americans, and especially among millennials. I happen to be on the last year of millennials, but a lot of millennials, especially in the states, not all are first generation Americans. A lot of their parents you know, either were, was a immigrant or they both weren't immigrants, period. Why is this? I, I don't have the clear answer for that, but you kind of see this a lot. So for these reasons, there's this like ethnicity mix bag. You start to see this a lot where some people are from Barbados and they're also from Ecuador, or you have somebody that's half English and half German, and then you have so like it's just this real mix. Yeah, you know, you're you're absolutely right when you say that um, uh, for this generation of millennials, like they definitely have uh, this mixed background. You know, um, uh, from Korean and Pakistani, Pakistani. I mean, it's such a it's so mixed, um, and it's increasing uh substantially 
I mean, part of that could be globalization, right? We've heard this word before. Globalization um, sounds yeah, like something glo- Jeff. So, something sounds like Jeff Bezos made in his his basement. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's a part <laughs> of it. You know, maybe elaborate plan to you know get uh, get uh, the the human uh, the human DNA to evolve uh, through this through this process of globalization. I mean, I don't know, the, the, but it's true and we can see it. I mean, you can take me as an example. I mean, you gave yourself as an example from your parents, uh, from my perspective, you know, I'm Armenian and my wife is Chinese and our little girl is both of those things. Now. I mean, um, I can see now the difficulty and why our parents back in the day may have said like, you know, you should stick to your own, and they would have pushed something like that for the simple fact that at least your child can learn two languages, not three, right? right. They, can, they can learn their native language and then they can learn the English language. But in our case, now we have three languages, one of them being incredibly difficult. I mean, Mandarin Chinese. It doesn't really matter anymore how many languages. I mean, that's what I told my wife. I'm like, hey, the only language that matters is English, you know, (laughs) and that could be up for debate, of course. But, you know, the main language of the land is English and everyone should learn it so that we can all communicate a little bit better and try to understand each other a little bit better through the native language. But um, there's nothing wrong with speaking multiple languages. I speak four of them. Uh, It's four languages I grew up. I Wait, what, what, what four languages? You never told me this. What four languages do you speak? Um, so English, Armenian, Turkish. Oh, there you are. So three languages. <laughs> Funny, I speak also three languages. I speak English, Hebrew, and I speak Arabic. Uh, oh, you can speak Arabic. That's incredible. I didn't know. Internet. <laughs> that's pretty amazing though so yeah so isn't it funny how we're both talking about ethnicity and we both (laughs) are like the perfect example of this we both come from mixed backgrounds we both come from you know where we have parents that are not americans and we both have this like thing of where we're American, but yet we speak different languages and we still come from other different places. My heritage goes 800 years in Morocco. I live here. I'm American. I grew up in New York, still Moroccan, and I'm American. Kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. It's, in a lot of ways, you know, how do you, uh, how do you differentiate? You know, like you are American. You were born here. This is the culture that you know, um, plus the culture you were raised with inside your home you know and depending on how much exposure of both that you got like you'll be dominant a little more dominant one than the other but ultimately you know the one is going to serve you a lot more than the other in the current kind of uh structure that we have in society right um but i feel like it's incredible to um to see such a such a saturation like i was mentioning earlier it's the globalization people are moving they're moving all around i mean jeff bezos, got a, 
Je- Jeff Ooh. Bezos idea in his basement. It's called yeah. next level Amazon. Yeah. Right. With an S, not a Z. It's an S. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, we have people we have people from the US, we've got uh, Americans going and living in China mainland for business or for whatever reasons. And uh, we've got people from China living in Australia. We've got Europeans uh, traveling abroad all over the places, going and living in different places, starting lives, starting over. I mean, it's uh, and you just have a huge mixed bag, like you were saying earlier. Um, and you know, in a lot of ways, that's good. In a lot I, of ways, you know, it can I, be. In a lot of ways, it can be bad. I, I, I do. Why, yeah. why do you? Why, why do you think? In a lot of ways, it could be bad. For starters, when you're talking specifically about Europe, it can sometimes cause heated arguments between people. You know, especially towards countries. When I mean, you know, one good example of this was so with Germany and France. You know, there, there's still this this constant bickering between where Germans are angry at French because, you know, a lot of times Germans come over to France and France comes over to Germany to do business back and forth because it is the European Union. But the, the thing is, is that it shouldn't be like that, but you, you can't change certain things. You know, a lot of things are great, but there are always things that are bad, but it doesn't mean that it's like, you know, oh my God, like it's the end of the world kind of bad. It's more of where that's just how it is. You take what you can and you enjoy whatever you have left. Don't focus on the other stuff. I mean, that sounds more of a, like a, a, a historical type of, uh, mm-hmm. type of, uh, I want to say an, um, animosity, maybe it just probably goes back for so long and if you go back far enough, you're going to find plenty of that. Right. But, 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 mo- but, but moving forward, like, what, you know, what are we learning? What are we doing to, um, to escape the chains of the past? Well, one of the ways of looking at it is, look at the, again, I'm going back to this because I think it is important, the European Union. Yeah, they have a bunch of countries that may not like each other, but guess what? They all decided to be a part of a union, whether the negative effects of whether it be money or whatever the case may be. At the end of the day, they all decided to be a part of the union. So the benefit of it is, is here you have a bunch of different type of European ethnicities, all different types of tribes and history and, and, and culture, but they all became a union. And now they share with one another and they move to each other's countries. You know, that, like I said earlier, like that's that negative with they may have did, did it for the wrong reason of the case may be, but it's still a positive outcome. People are actually a part of a union. You know, a person that's in Czech, Czech Republic could just just cross the road and now they're in Slovakia. Right. I mean, that's it's kind of crazy. Yeah. And I think that definitely has a lot of positives to it course in a lot of ways but you know if you look at the united states as an example of this we kind of have the same the same thing and whether people want to hear this is where you have this constant thing here in the states the south the west central any person that says all americans are the same they're idiots 
you know, uh, Americans from New York, from the East Coast, are completely different than from the West. I could say that as a New Yorker, we are very different than the West Coast because of the conditions we were raised, the different types of families we come from, the ethnicity, the culture, the you know, the, the heritage, all these different kind of things. So I agree. Here in the U.S., we also have this incredible advantage. We are a union. We are United States of America. We are a group of states that are united. We maybe all be different, but I can gotta. I God, I can't even. I can't even believe I'm saying this. Forgive me, any New Yorkers that are listening to this. I can just go to New Jersey, just drive through, <laughs> and I I got no problems. I mean. You know, there might be some problems, but I don't got any problems because we're all part of the same country. We are very different cultures. New York's New Yorkers in New Jersey, different. We are not the same. We are not equal, period. But we we, we still drive back and forth. I, I can't do this. Nope. I I'm backing off. This is too much. Well, it's okay, but I get I get the point that you're trying to make there. It's uh uh, I mean, fundamentally, for sure, you know, you, you yeah. look across the nation um, and you're going to see um, different ways of living, different ideas, um, you know, different different cultures. Uh, it's surprising to see just um, the diversity of cultures, even in the middle of the country. You know, right. like uh, you wonder yourself, like, wait a minute, how how did you guys even end up there? Um if we're talking about um, Latin Americans or if we're talking about, um, um, uh, I want to say Indians from India specifically. You or know, you can, uh, or for a, or, great, a great example of this is, for example, like Florida. By the way, I just want to clear something up before we continue. I actually love New Jersey. Like, even though I'm in New York, like, I go to New Jersey all the time and they're great people. It's just, you know, we New Yorkers like to joke about New Jersey. But anyway, the point is in Florida, you have a very large community of Cubans, very large, especially in Miami. Why? It's kind of the same reason why there are a lot of Caribbean, like people from Caribbean that live in the South. It's because they had easy access. That's the thing is a lot of times people end up places because it was easy to get to or it happened to just make sense. So it's not like it's a coincidence. You can't say it's a coincidence. You can't blame anybody's fault. But the fact that they chose to be there and the fact that they chose to make their own communities, we kind of benefit off of it because they kind of introduce us to new ideas and new types of culture. Different food. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Who yeah, says no like to one. Cuban food? <laughs> right. It's I delicious. mean, there's, yeah, there's uh, lots of upside there for sure. Of and course. I agree with that. I think about uh, even when we came to this country in 88, um, you know, I was maybe two months old at that point. And um, we went to, you know, where we ended up, it was simply because we had family members there. So that's another aspect too, right? People will migrate to places where they already have uh, at least some kind of support system. Right. Yeah. Um, I say this all the time to people, you know, regardless of your background, you know, I know that this podcast is specifically you know, understanding the, the changes, um, the, the view on ethnicity. and uh, But all of our parents came from a place somewhere in the world to this yeah. country. 
Yeah. And you got to give them, you got to give them a lot of credit. They had huge pair of balls to take such a massive chance about coming to a country. They knew nothing about the culture, right? They've only heard about what life is like here, but they don't know. And they come with virtually nothing sometimes. It's crazy because my, my dad came to this country in 1971 and he was 13 years old. My dad shoveled people's drive waves in the winter so that he can get enough money to buy food in the grocery. Now, remember, he was 13 years old. He used to clean dishes in restaurants just to get a plate of food. My dad did all of that and build a business and marry my mom and raise kids and a family and a business. Why? Because he wanted me to have a chance in this country. My dad did all of that when he was 13 years old. You can't get more. You can't get more patriotic than that. It doesn't matter. He wasn't born here. My my dad literally created something that, you know, you're kind of envious of. You know, like yeah. how could you ever like get to that level? Like what they did to come here. It, it's it's a it's a huge burden for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is. And he had a lot of courage, and I and I that's why I say a lot of parents, you know. That, that migrate here uh, legally, I have to say, because that is a prerequisite. Yeah, it um, is. <laughs> My dad did come with uh, with student papers. That's you know, how he's able know, to come to this country. People might get mad about that, but look, you go to any other country around the world, they have, you know, very strict border rules yeah. and yeah. laws. There's a reason for that. Like, yeah. you know, why should we feel differently about it? Um, you know, you're American, I'm American. And we're from other places. And yet this is the position I take is no, like come here legally. There's, there's ways. I know it ain't, it's not going to be easy. It's not easy for anybody, but um, you know, ultimately that's um, you know, that's kind of the current issues that we're, that we're hearing about these days, border security, border, you know, border control, things like that. But yeah, it's, it's it's most important, you know, again, it's most important to remember, you know, kind of touching base on kind of what we were talking about today, where we see kind of like a ladder. You know, I, I think this is a great example for this is where every single step you go up the ladder is some, it's a new experience, whether you see it or understand it, you are getting closer or getting towards the end result so every step we go up that ladder is another chance to get off the ladder and finally make it to the actual platform that we need to be on so all of this being said you know for example like the both of us we we both we both are tech you know we're both first generation americans we, we both have this this a lot of you know different cultures from different countries but we start to see this and people start to understand this more and more and clearer and clearer. It's not about where you come from. It's how you got there and what you did. Plain and simple. And nobody and can tell you. Yeah. And what, and what you're doing, you know, that's, yeah, uh, yeah that's exactly. Like, like what's the contribution, you know, to, uh, to today's society while you're here. Um, you know, if legally, it's, like you said earlier, like, uh, you know, I, I'm not judging anyone. I'm just saying 
it's important to understand that if you come to a country, understanding the rules is key, but also remembering the difficult paths it sometimes takes to get there, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, looking at this segment here, right below, you know, the born here and not born here um, type of idea. It's a, if we look back through history, if we were to go, you know, um, step by step and looking at the contributions, it again reminds me of Desi Arnaz and the idea he had for distribution of the um, of the, uh, the the content, the videos, or the or, or the yeah, so it can be broadcasted. Yeah, yeah, so progressive, and it's like these ideas come from everywhere, um, and th- that kind of ties in with the contribution aspect. You know, it, whether you're born here or not born here, like what what have you contributed? What do you plan on contributing and right. trying to make the society that we have better um, and more transparent, more fair? Um, and, um, you know, it's it's a difficult topic. And uh, I, I know that some people may not appreciate hearing something like that. Uh, but, you know, being born here, like you've already, you know, you've already gotten um you've already won one of the largest lottery tickets in the world yeah. you know yeah. in life you you won the lottery of life you know um because uh, uh for a fact you look at some other nations around the globe it ain't it ain't that great there's no. a reason why no. you want to live here and you know it's also you know i'm i'm gonna kind of <clears throat> get a little personal, especially with my dad, you know, my dad had certain customs, you know, cause he was from Morocco with the way he used to serve tea and he used to, you know, prepare food and how he, um, he used to build things. And, you know, you said this earlier on how there's ethnic, you know, this ethnicity at home, this ethnicity outside. I love that part of my life. I love what my dad gave me. And I also love the fact that, you know, I've had the opportunity of going around this country. I've been to Florida. I've been to New Orleans. I've been to California, been to Los Angeles. Wow. And you get to see the American culture. You know, it, it doesn't matter. I, you know, I, I'm not from New Orleans. But I get to appreciate it. It's, it's part of the country I come from. You know, there are example in Florida. There are, you know, all these different places you go see. There's the alligator farms. And they have the Ever, Everglades. You know, I, I'm not from there, but I can appreciate it because it's a part of the nation I come from. So you have, I feel, I have two incredible things in front of me. It's like, I won the lucky ticket. Who wouldn't, you'd be lucky to be coming from something like that. I mean, a lot of people come from, you know, regular traditional families and that's fine too. And you have a lot to be lucky for as well. But being proud of who you are and remembering that it doesn't matter your first generation American. You are American. Absolutely. It's very important that, yeah. um, you know, born here, not born here. Doesn't um, matter. The, yeah. The mixed bag that um, most of us uh, come from, uh, all of it. It's uh, whatever the legal circumstances, right? Um, I think it's a good point to say that even if there were people that came here illegally, like their children are naturalized citizens by now. They deserve and they I am a very strong believer and I proudly stand by it. 
children that are from parents that are not legal here in this country, they have every right to be a U.S. citizen. I don't care what anybody has to say. They have a right. They are born here. They're born in American hospitals. They're born with American doctors. They are born with American papers. They are American, period. End of story. My opinion, granted. Yeah, that's how but I, I mean, feel. All, but, but all of those facts are valid, too. Yeah. You know, Be- yeah, being, born, being born here is one of the you know prerequisites for you know, something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've already, that's a check mark right there. Um, and so I feel like it's just like you said, it's important to be just proud of who you are and, um, and be okay. Uh, even with the idea that, okay, we're from somewhere else, but you know, these kids that were born here, even whether legally or illegally, migrated here you know they were born here they were also raised with the culture here it goes both ways you know like i came here two months old but i was raised with the culture of here right you know yeah compare if we compare exposure you know i had way more exposure to the american culture than i did to my personal culture and there's so many reasons there's so many reasons to this why it's true you know, being being raised in a household where uh, we have a very specific culture that we've held on to from where we came from. But when I'm spending eight to 10 hours of my day outside in the world through school and various other things, like I'm getting exposed to way more of American culture that even back then was quite diverse. Right. You know, than I was getting uh, inside my own home because of the time spent, you know? Um, and, and so the same, I could say the same would be extended to any one of these uh, individuals born here or not born here, you know? Yeah. Chances yeah. are yeah. You, you had so much exposure to our culture that's a mixed bag of people. Um, it, it, it encompasses what America is. Yeah. Now, you know, with that being said, um, with globalization happening, you know, I'd, I can't agree with open border policies. No, you know, like this is getting more political in that sense. Uh, But it's it's uh, it's weird. You know, it's you kind of have to change the word boundaries. People need to understand. Yes, it's good to be open. There's boundaries. You know, we're yeah boundaries. Like this is a country. You have to respect this country. There, there are boundaries. You can't just come here here whenever you feel like it. You know, there are a lot of people here working and need to make a living. You can't just come here like this. Boundaries. Yeah, that's a it's an important uh, it's an important term, um, and, and I'm glad that you brought it up in that way. That you're welcome. Uh, you know, you know, it's not it's not uh, it's not to just say it's political, but um, there, there are boundaries and. There are things that we should be respectful of. Right. You know, I tell my I tell my wife all the time. It's jokingly, you know, when we see random TikToks of people traveling, or random clips of people traveling around the globe, and they do some stupid shit, and it's like, dude, you're in someone else's country. Be respectful, you know. Um, you're not you're not in your, you know, you're not in your actual country. You you should be mindful of that. Um, even if you are vacationing or a tourist and you're spending money there, 
it's uh, it's important to be respectful in that regard. So it's, it's um, funny it's, to see. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because you know where I grew up, we have we have a large Korean community, and you know we have quite a few families. They own um, cleaners. You know, one we've been going to for years. And we've seen this firsthand. They're a really wonderful family and they do a really great job. We see people like generally just be disrespectful towards them just out of nowhere, you know, because like they're either speaking Korean to one another or they're just busy with something. And I, it's kind of the same thing. It's like there's a time and a place for everything, right? You know, this is kind of why we're doing this too. It's where, you know, again, know, know your boundaries. You know, just because they're speaking Korean doesn't mean they're talking about you. Okay? <laughs> like, as much as you want to think it, and I know this because, like, I grew up hearing them saying certain phrases and they kind of translated. They sometimes are just talking about, like, the washer machine spread out bubbles and it fell on one of the employees. And they're all giggling away. Like, they're not talking about you. They're having fun. Like, they speak Korean. They feel more comfortable. That's how it is. And like, it bothers me when they do those t- TikToks. I'm like, why? Why do you have to do this? <laughs> why? It's not right. Time, you know, a lot of times they're funny, but it's just, you know, just something that, yeah. something that I see that, uh, that I'm like, you know, I, I, I personally couldn't do that. That's, that's where I feel I have to be more mindful than right. when, I'm a, when I'm a visitor somewhere. Shit, even if I went to another state, you know, within our union, it would be the same, you know, um, same thoughts I would have is just being mindful that like, this isn't our neighborhood. It's not our community, you know, it's somebody else's, yeah, someone else, you know, and we should be respectful of that. And, um, and, uh, you know, you know, that's one of the reasons why we always have great trips is um, when we extend that courtesy and that respect, we get it right back. Right. And, uh, and, we, and we're treated very, very well, no matter where we go. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's um, it's an you know, it's an interesting topic, uh, trying to differentiate the two and seeing how far we've come. Um, uh, touching up on the ideas of this mixed bag of people from all over the place and uh, and, you know, the children they're producing it's, right. uh, in a lot of ways. You know, when I said that I'm not open for necessarily like the open border policies type of thing, and you you brought up you know having these boundaries and they're important. Yeah. You know, I um, I feel like there come there will come a day where it's we will most likely be like that. It will be open borders because no one's necessarily going to be from anywhere. You know. Right. The the but, thing the the thing. Um which is important is, you know, we're going to be touching base on this um, on the next episode, which is understanding the society of immigrants, which is really important to cover. But more importantly is understanding the basics, which means if you are not an illegal immigrant, if you are a person that is not an immigrant in this country, if you are a person that has never been in those circumstances, you have no right to speak for those people, period. You're not an officer that works by the borders. You are not a patrol officer. You're not the DA. You don't have the right to make decisions for these people. So at the end of the day, like, again, going back to what I said before, and you're right, boundaries, knowing what, what we're allowed to achieve and what we're able to do. And like, that's it, period. There, there's nothing else you can do. 
Those are other people's jobs, and that's okay. They're hired to do that for a reason. <laughs> it's not our job. Yeah. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Uh, it's... Yeah. It is so many things that, um, you know, one podcast won't be able to... Uh, won't be able to properly convey uh, a lot of our ideas, but right. hopefully, hopefully over time, you know, as we have yeah, these we, discussions, we, we wanted to do, you know, we're going to kind of do this with seasons. <clears throat> so we're kind of having a five ep- episodes for this season. We're, we're, we thought it was really important, especially what's been going on and kind of moving forward is to have and understanding and being the fact that we both come from these backgrounds, we really thought it was a really good idea to kind of touch base on this. And I, you know, I think Mike moving forward, you know, we can kind of take this any direction, you know, meaning we're, you know, everything kind of, this is kind of how I view things is we're it's kind of fluid, you know, planning for, you know, the next 10,000 years, it's never going to happen. But the thing is, is always remembering where you're heading, why are you going there, and what the what are the tools that you need to finally make it to your final destination. No joke, that's not a quote from a movie. I promise you well, that. Well said, though. That's a that's a great that's a great ending to a, yeah. a great podcast. Amen, it's brother. Been, it's been a pleasure. You guys has, have been listening to Lost in the Groove. Yes, you have. And guys, make sure to try to support as best as you can. Try to share. And of course, we post a podcast every single Tuesday. Hopefully. (laughs) No worry. We post every Tuesday. See you guys in the next one. Peace.